Welcome back to Trot's Life. Not sure how we're going to fit the, the six, seven hours of content that we could into the next 15 minutes, but we will. Mick, how are you, mate? Hey, Kobe. I'm well, thank you, mate. Uh, really enjoyed my time in Melbourne last yeah. week. Yeah. Time with some good people and look, got to see some lovely horses and, and, and a great, great Southern star. And then, of course, um, Puppet did the job last night. So all in all, a fantastic week with, uh, with lots of really cool elements to it. Yeah, and just Saturday night, it just I've said it so many times, the people on course were so engaged with what was happening and the people off course, my brother couldn't get there. He sat at home, watched the coverage, and he said it uh, felt like it took five minutes the whole night, which is a great sign of how enjoyable it was, if that makes sense. Yeah, and, and there's a lot happening too. Like I think the Great yeah. Southern Star adds a different element because mm. obviously there's two heats and then there's the barrier draw and all the drama around that. So I thought it was really good because... It kept you on your toes all night. Um, there was a couple of races through the middle which were a bit okay. You know, they weren't they weren't going to make me go wild and stand up. But to a degree, you can only put the races on. Who turns up for them or who doesn't turn up for them or how well they perform can't be controlled by harness racing Victoria. So look, I, I thought it was a great night. And probably the only, probably the only lapse we have now is I would like to see a more consistent way that harness racing is covered in Australia. Like, as someone who's done this for a long time, mm. like, yes, you mm. can't afford to have the whole production from last week. I understand that. You can't do that every week and it costs too much money. But what you're looking at is a situation where, say, for example, the Miracle Miles is around the corner, and you should have a comparable setup. I'm not saying the same people. I'm not saying I need to be involved, although I tend to be involved in both. But... <laughs> There's no point having a big production with six or seven people, which is probably at the galloping level for Hunter Cup night, and then people expecting things and not having the same level of production for Miracle Mile. And that's not getting at the presenters at all. It's just done differently. Um, and I, I think a nationwide way of attacking the 10 or 12 primary meetings a year and your studio can be based anywhere for that. Yeah, you can have yeah. studio-based presentation, and then you can throw to the Britneys or whoever happens to be on track. I'm, I'm not saying it absolutely needs to be a moving facility, but I think when you're based in the studio and you have graphics packages and you have those really interesting stories about people, it's engaging the harness. And I think the Miracle Mile is, is probably close to, if not the biggest night of the year, alongside the Inter-Dominions. But you can only engage people as much as you're willing to have great television coverage. So, again, I'm not getting at any people. I'm not saying that the presenters or anybody else is inferior. But production values are crucial for this sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, and and I think nationwide tackling a bunch of the big races with similar attitude would bring you a lot closer to the gallops. And don't, don't get me wrong, it happens in New Zealand too. We've had a really rocky couple of years with television coverage because um, the former bosses of the TAB didn't believe in it. But as your brother said, you know, covered well, yeah. it can sit alongside rugby league or AFL or those things because you can engage people. Uh, and I, I think that's the key to it. Well, well I think... The engagement over recent years through Trot's Vision and Racing.com spilled out onto on-course attendance and and the people on course were just as engaged as ever. So although those people weren't home watching, they might have watched Victoria Cup night to Racing.com or they might have watched Trot's Vision last year on the Hunter Cup, etc. And 
that spilled out on the people coming on course as well. So you know what I mean? That return has come to the on-course experience. And then that on-course experience, Mick, as good as your coverage might have been, it was just spine-tingling stuff, you know? Yeah, I, I was um, I was disappointed I couldn't be there, to be yeah, honest. Yeah. But I think it's called hero-making. Like, if you can yeah. create heroes out of Chris Elford or one of my favourites and Greg Sugars and obviously Just Believe and Leap to Fame, yeah. and the weather's nice, people go, well, OK, I'm happy to drive there and go see that. Whereas if you don't have those stories being told, and that dates back to lots of stuff like... Hmm. Um, Ryan going to to Sweden with yeah, you know, with yeah, with, yeah, with um yeah. with uh, you know just believe so there's lots of elements to it I, I think good storytelling is crucial because in Australia there's so much to punt on they're just it's just a non-stop punt feast that you've got to connect some emotion to it for people to think it's relevant otherwise it literally is just another race and and then, then you've got to keep telling those stories through Cranbourne on Saturday night and Newcastle. I don't see there being any difference in states. I think I think that's an attitude which has got to get out of Australian racing and well, I mean, harness racing, is that to promote harness racing, you've got to promote the Miracle Mile just as well as the Great Southern Star, just as well as the Winter Black Fake and just as well as the Interdom. And it really shouldn't matter where they are. So you need to do those again, 10 or 12 nights really, really well, because at the moment, uh, Trot Vision leads the way for three or four big days a year, hmm. and Newcastle doesn't actually, sorry, not Newcastle, New South Wales doesn't actually have a presenter. But there's no based in New South Wales presenter at the moment, and that may well be the return of Greg Hayes, I don't know. Um Ryan Phelan now lives in Victoria. Brittany lives in Queensland. And you've got a young guy like um, Brandon or Braden coming through, and, and he's doing a really good job. But it's really hard if you don't have anybody who lives there to drive that coverage because yeah. someone's going to drive it. Yeah. So it, 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 it's, I'm a, I know it sounds like we're just talking about television, which is only a small part of the world, but any major sport in the world, you think AFL for you guys, has enormous television coverage, and you've got to have some consistency in that. Otherwise, you're going to end up having meetings which should be of similar interest to the public. And if you keep jumping in and out, as Sky do, and by no means am I being disrespectful to the Sky model, I totally understand how it works. I've worked with them and for them for 25 years, and I get it. But if you keep having different coverage like that, then people who tuned up and watched last week or, or were at Melton or going to be at Cranbourne, yeah. or, or they're going to watch it, and then halfway through, you're going to cut to a greyhound race, and, and you go, well, that's pretty hard to keep up with. So I, I do think that if, if the three big states, and you could include WA, but there's a slight time difference there, of course, if they could get together and say, oh, let's do this 10 times a year, let's base ourselves in a studio in Melbourne or wherever, and let's try and get it on SkyTherapyCentralRacing.com and give people a product that at least once a month they can go, well, I'm happy to sit down and watch this. Mm. But I think at the moment it's a little bit too spasmodic. And that's nobody's fault. I just think it's three different organisations wanting three different things. Yeah, yeah. And it'd be like releasing Lord of the Rings, the first one, and then the second one, you can only get it on DVD and not at the cinemas. It seems strange. Well, well, in, a, in a way, it'd be, it'd be like if you, if you had the AFL... 
and you had the semi-finals and the ones that are played in Victoria had the full box of dice. But yeah. if it's played in Brisbane, yeah. we have a five-minute five preview show and you play the game and have a review show. Yeah, yeah. And I'm not saying it's quite that stark with Sky. And I absolutely understand the, the problems and the technical issues with that. And I hope they get it on Sky Celebrity Central for Miracle Mile night. But, um, yeah, production values are crucial. As it is on radio shows, as it is on all sorts of stuff. But, um, yeah, more importantly, I loved last week. It was great. And it set us up nicely, I think, for a whole bunch of things leading into Cranbourne to Newcastle to Chariots of Fires to Miracle Miles to Race Boyburns and to the TAB Trot Slot Races. There's now enough notable and important moments on the racing calendar to, to keep everybody happy for the next two months. Well, well you've led me beautifully. Oh, oh, an eight-year-old, Oscar Bonavina, I think he's going as good as ever, is he? I'd say so. Uh, he had an operation. When he was four, he was going to be a superstar. And yeah. he went to Melbourne. That was a stone cold end of him. He's never seemed to come back. And he had issues on his knees. And they shaved some of the bone off the front. And he just didn't come back to what he wanted to be. Mark basically sacked him, sent him out to Regan Todd at the beach, and he mucked around out there, I think, for a little bit. Um, but look, I've just seen time and strength and maturity. He's not beating anything over here at the moment, but he's winning races really, really well. Yeah. And as good as those two wonderful horses were at Melton last Saturday, I'm not sure they would just park outside and beat him for fun. Like, clearly, he's a better horse than Queen Elida or the Master Metro are going at the moment. So he's mm. better than them. And then you say, well, you know, we'll always have parked outside and beat him. I'm saying that he might just have parked outside them and beat them. It's a whole different thing. But I think there's enough elements there, and he's still muscle mounted and waiting. And Bolt for Brilliance, whose body's had a bit of a torrid time, so maybe we won't see the best of him. But there's enough of that trot slot race with the potential that Elder Baron Zeus could be there as well. That you know, you could be talking about a truly great race, and and hopefully a couple of them stay. Maybe to head to races like the Road Cup, and I think that'd be really cool because. Um, my views on Transnet and Harness Racing are well known. Transnet and Harness Racing adding American and French forms even sexier. Well, what about this, right? I had Freddie Tabor on yesterday. He trained a horse called Sushi Sushi, won the Great Northern Derby, and he's got a three-year-old called Nathan Street who won the New South Wales Breeders last year. Ironically, Sushi Sushi got beaten in that when he was a two-year-old. And I said, if Sushi Sushi won the Great Northern Derby, would you have gone in a in the slot race in the race by Grins. He said, Yes, I would have with Sushi Sushi. I said, Are you planning on taking Nathan Street over? And he said, Well if he comes through the New South Wales Derby, well, we have got on our agenda a potential hit at the Great Northern Derby. And then if in whatever world that that goes well, he would be open to considering a run in the race by Grins as a three year old. Now that's that's pretty exciting stuff. Like it's a long way off Mick, yes, a lot's gotta happen. But if you go back, imagine Sushi Sushi that year running as a three-year-old in the race by Grins. That would have been huge. Yeah, well, it, and it's all exciting stuff. It gives Isn't narrative it? to the yeah. New South Wales derby for some people who may not care about it predominantly now and, and the northern derby. So absolutely, those things are great. I would say um, there's a lack of depth in the New Zealand Open class ranks because Merlin got a slot this week and Don't Stop Dreaming's got a slot because obviously his people own a slot. So... Um, Old Town Road will get a slot. I don't think as many other horses in New Zealand people, you know, self-assured, will probably get one. Um, I don't think as many other horses people will be jumping up and down to take over here. So, yeah, there could be three or four um, horses, you know, 
from Australia in that slot base, and if you have two or three trotters on the same night, it, it will be the most Australian interest in a New Zealand race night for a really, really long time. So, And, and then wait for that, we've got the Chariots of Fire, you know, now being a really interesting set of, of horses after Frankie Ferocious last week, or whatever he's called, and, and those horses going head-to-head with Merlin and those other horses. So it, it's a it's an intriguing time. I, I think I think Leap to Fame still by far and away the biggest draw card, but there's not a lot of narrative around Leap to Fame. Like he's just so good, he's going to beat most of these horses with the Miracle Mile being the obvious exception. It could be a tough race for him. But uh, but I think the trotters and the four-year-olds are all setting themselves up really nicely that it's not going to be the same horse who wins every week. And I think Call Me the Breeze has been a blessing in that regard because mm. while everybody loves Just Believe, it was getting a little bit monotonous because he was just too good for those horses. Certainly. He certainly was until the weekend. He had a torrid run, though. He didn't, he didn't lose any admirers, but, yeah, it's opened up so many uh, queries going forward. There's $100,000 mile race on Miracle Mile Night for the Trotters, which if Call Me The Breeze and Just Believe is in, it'll be the lightest uh, prize money race of all time, considering what it'll bring. But uh, we're going to wrap it up, Mick. Thank you so much, mate. Love your work. Talk to you next week, Toby. There's Mick Gurren from across the ditch, and I knew we were never going to get the six or seven hours of content we could have discussed into 15 minutes.